I honestly, um, when I was thinking about what I wanted to say tonight, I feel like what I want to say is a little maybe hard to hear for some people, but uh, I felt like this was really the best place for me to share these thoughts. Since the shooting at Tree of Life Synagogue on Saturday, anti-Semitic graffiti has been sprayed on synagogues in Irvine and Brooklyn. There were 11,696 anti-Semitic posts just on Instagram within 48 hours of the shooting, and plenty of other troubling reminders that the rise of anti-Semitism is a real danger to us. As was pointed out in a New York Times podcast on Tuesday, when barriers go up, whether they be physical or ideological or emotional, it's bad for the Jews and anyone else who doesn't fit a particular identity. We are a resilient people. We always have been and we always will be. Anti-Semitism has always existed and it always will. And in addition to being a hopeful people, we're a realistic people. We know that there will always be people who hate the Jews, but if we want to fight against a rising tide of anti-Semitism, it's going to have to start by recommitting ourselves to those within our own community. We have the Haredi and ultra-Orthodox media refusing to acknowledge that Tree of Life was a synagogue. Another rabbi here in the U.S. saying that the worshipers deserved it because they were participating in a bris for twins adopted by gay parents. We have people in our own Isaiah community calling each other out on social media using aggressive language because of political differences. And having spoken with colleagues, there are others who have said that while the leadership of faith communities need to remain diplomatic and listen to those of different perspectives, members of those communities are not obligated to play by the same rules. There is no need or desire to get to know, let alone engage in any conversations with those who represent a different political mindset. The rabbis tell a story about two rabbis, two Jews, Kamsa and Bar Kamsa. What starts as a simple misunderstanding between these two men at an elegant dinner party attended by distinguished rabbis of the ancient world turns into what the rabbis describe as the cause of the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. The inability for the Jewish community to stand united and their willingness to engage in sinat chinam, senseless hatred, leads to the largest shift in Jewish history, declare the rabbis. Many are looking for active ways to respond to the tragedy in Pittsburgh, and I know that there are many who feel that going to the polls on Tuesday is one way to express a need for change, or at least provide a sense that the people of this country have power, have a voice, have a way to respond to the acts that go against our values. And most people in this community are looking for a certain outcome on Tuesday. What we define as politics is never going to disappear from this synagogue because our community's engagement in the political process is inextricably linked with our Jewish values. This should be a place where each person 
has the right to share their views with the rest of us. And it is incumbent upon us to constantly uphold the common values that unite everyone who chooses Isaiah as their Jewish home. But one's political leanings cannot be a litmus test for whether or not someone gains greater or lesser acceptance or access to this community. Any aggression or disrespect for those whose perspectives are different is unacceptable. To fight against hatred and bigotry and racism and anti-Semitism, we need to model the opposite. We need to bring more love, more acceptance, more open minds, more open hearts. Earlier this week, there were two members of our community arguing about politics in the lobby. But after the heated debate, they smiled, they hugged, and they joked about their next standoff. And there was a family who showed up on Sunday for religious school literally wearing politics on their shirts. And some of their friends, who I know have the opposite political view, still went up to them and gave them big hugs. Those who were attending services at Tree of Life last Saturday morning were the ones who showed up first and welcomed the rest of the community as they came into services. Let's honor their memories and their spirit by modeling the same love and passion for the community that they showed up for each and every week. Let's honor their dedication to the success and vitality of their community by showing up and embracing others. God, please shelter us with hope, with acceptance, with compassion, and with love. Most of the time when we offer prayers, uh, someone offers a prayer, and then we respond with amen. And amen in our tradition basically means I accept that prayer. Thank you for praying for on my behalf. Thank you, amen. But the rabbis asked a very important question about this next prayer, about the Shema. Because the Shema, we never end the Shema by saying amen. And so they wanted to know why is it different with Shema. So they relate it to the temple that once stood in Jerusalem, that great temple. And three times a year, Jews from all over the land were supposed to come to this temple to offer their sacrifices, the three major festivals in the year. And they would come, and the rabbis asked, well, what would happen when all these Jews from all over would come to this temple? How is it possible that everyone fit in the temple? And the rabbi said, well, at those times, somehow, magically, the temple would expand to fit everyone in it. And they say that is actually why we do not say amen with Shema. Shema ends with Baruch Shem Kavod Malchuto Le'olam Va'ed. And they say that's because if we are going to offer a prayer about unity, about oneness, which is what happened those three times a year when all the Jews would come together, it is an incumbent upon us to actually participate in that unity, in that oneness. You cannot delegate the ability to participate to someone else. You actually have to be a part of it. So Shema, this watchword of our faith that talks about the oneness of our community, the reason why you are all here today as if we could have expanded this synagogue if need be, is because Shema represents the power of being together as one, and you can't say amen to that. You actually have to participate in the unity of the Jewish people. And so we continue with the Shema, not only saying the Shema, the first line together, but we say the second line together as well. 